Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> FBI Radio. That's right. It's that time of day, that time of the week where we get into all things film and cinema. And I still have a strepsil in my mouth. So, <laughs> so let us do the talking. <laughs> Please, get into it, Jack and Andre. So, we're going to start from the very top, Book of Genesis style. Stanley Kubrick has finally given away the ending to 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, wait, it wasn't him so much. It was actually someone who found a paranormal documentary by Yunichi Yao, who was a supernatural enthusiast, who actually interviewed Stanley Kubrick in the 70s or 80s when The Shining was happening. And he basically just asked him, hey, can you explain that ending to us in 2001? And Stanley gives it away. So you can now find this video online. It's it's a conversation between Junucci and Stanley where they just talk about the ending to the ever-so-cryptic 2001 Space Odyssey. But I have promised the listeners that you will, in fact, reveal the ending. So oh, what, y- what y- can you tell us? That- so the ending, so basically the end of the film, there's this man who ends up in this uh, Chuck E. Cheese. I haven't finished the film. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst <laughs> film lord. I was about I to make, I was about oh to make God, up a lot. Enough, no, I'm just joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. The actual ending <laughs> is that... This man gets locked in a room and uh, he starts writing the first script of Scary Movie 1. <laughs> and that's the ending, y'all. <laughs> it like basically ends up uh, like the video game in Smiley Face that Anna Faris is playing. And for anyone who hasn't watched Smiley Face, she's playing like Zoo Tycoon. Mm. And I think it's like this rip-off that, like, what's that Kurt Vonnegut book? The whole point of 2001. He's like in a zoo see. and aliens who like transcend time and space are monitoring him. And then they send him back as like a Superman baby. And then it's, what's going to happen? One last thing, one last thing. You just have to watch Smiley Face. Just watch Smiley Face. It's the 2001 of our generation. In other news, sadly, we have lost a true genius filmmaker, Robbie Mueller, the master of light, famous Danish, is that right, Jack? Cinematographer. I I shouldn't have asked that in the (laughs) news section. I know American movies. (laughs) Uh, Known for being a famous, famous cinematographer who shot for Vim Vendors, Lars von Trier, Jim Jamush, the scary movie films. He is (laughs) well-renowned for being able to capture small moments and uh, these tricks of light in very simple ways. Personally, my favourite text of his is Paris, Texas. Beautifully shot film. Jack, favourite Robbie Mueller film? uh, Maybe Repo Man. Repo Man. No, excellent choice. I would have accepted Breaking the Waves as well, but... uh, True. You know, dogma is always controversial. Uh, In more um, controversial news, Trace Lizette and Jamie Clayton are slamming Scarlett Johansson or ScarJo for Rupert Sanders' new movie, Rub and Tug, which is about a trans man sex worker. ScarJo is... I mean, in my opinion, completely inappropriate to play this role. Mm. And she sent back this tweet after all of this controversy erupted that she was going to be playing a transgender man, uh, saying, please direct all all comments to the agents of... Who was it? It was... Um, Felicity Huffman, Felicity Jeffrey, Huffman Tam- Jeffrey Tambor, Tam- and, Jared Leto, and Jared Leto. Who've all famously portrayed trans characters and won awards for them. I think her main... Not her main issue, but everyone's issue with her is that so many actors, cis male, cis women actors, are playing trans people and winning awards. And it's the second time that she's been in this kind of controversy. She was in, um, oh my God, what is going with my brain today? Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell, which was like the whitewashing controversy Mm. of our generation. And it's the same director as Ghost in the Shell. No! It's It's the second time that they are portraying a minority that they just don't represent. Oh my God. Um, and then also Nicholas Winding Refn, who's the director of Drive, uh, has announced a free movie streaming site. And it's basically he had all of these 
um, movies that were his favourite movies that he got updated and digitised and um, transformed and he didn't know what to do with them so he decided to just make them free for everyone. There's these movies that I've never heard of called Night Tide, The Nest of the Cuckoo, The Burning Hell, Dale Berry's Scary Movie 2. <laughs> yeah, four classic <laughs> films from the 60s, 70s and 80s are going and to be... 2001. And 2001 are going to be made available <laughs> for anyone who wants to watch them on Nicholas Winding Refn's free movie streaming site. We all love free movies. Well, Film Lord's Jack and Andres, thank you so much for getting me up to date and what's happening in movie mm. news. When we come back, we're going to be hearing your two reviews. What films are you reviewing today? Oh, we um, only- The Gospel According to Andre. I'll be doing that one. And Jack is going to lovingly review Ant-Man and the Wasp. And we're also going to be talking to Indigenous filmmakers Laurie Brannigan Onado and Izzy Khan, both from Screen Australia. When we get to Sydney Spotlight, here's something from Sydney. It's Bachelor Pad. I'm an individual. And then, and then another review. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Right in the middle of movies, movies, movies. Here on a Monday morning, Jack and Andre give you two reviews. Which film lord is going first? I'm going to go first. I'm reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Take it away, Jack. Ant-Man and the Wasp is another Marvel movie that really, 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 really wants to be your friend. Role model Paul Rudd is under house arrest, learning magic tricks when he, in a dream, looks into a mirror and becomes a young CGI Michelle Pfeiffer from, like, Gangster's Paradise era. After that, there's a lot of plot sprinkled with cute self-deprecating reaction shots with Paul Rudd and made-up quantum science words for what is essentially a pretty basic magic school bus concept of, like, things getting big and little. Ant-Man has a few sight gags that are really funny, like when Hot Wheels get really big, but essentially they're just trying to sell you toys, and I left kind of feeling nothing. The central story of the film, the romantic subplot, the supporting actors, the villain, all feels just totally satisfactory. But hey, I did go to the drive-in at Blacktown to see it, and sorry if you live out west and this is totally obvious to you, but I'd never been, and I didn't realise how much they had committed. There's like this ersatz... 50s shtick and it'll either have you wet or terrified and I'm into both it's just nice to curl up with your friends and watch a movie in your car and pretend you're a little ant in a shrunken car looking up at a giant laptop very cute Jack the way you said totally satisfactory was so unhappy and (laughs) unfulfilled and I feel like that's kind of how you feel after this movie I love Paul Rudd 
I love I had honey, such high hopes. Uh, honey, I shrunk the kids. Uh, honey, this film shrunk my boner. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. In a word, <laughs> shrunk my boner. In a word, uh, all you can eat. All you can eat. Uh, in a word, tiny, teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. <laughs> Andre, what, oh, Andre, what are you going to be reviewing today? I'm going to review The Gospel According to Andre, which is a documentary about Andre Leon Tully. So... Let me just say, first up, there is nothing like seeing a true-to-its-subject documentary about a passionate personality. We've all seen a couple of them. They're great. They're always fun. Bill Cunningham, you know the drill. To say Andre Leon Tully, a fashion critic, writer and icon, is a legend is a true understatement. Having served up his considered fashion eye to such heavyweights as Warhol, Vintour at Interview Magazine and Vogue Magazine, Andre is currently the most noticeable and well-adored fashionista probably ever, to be honest. His documentary is a visual narrative that doesn't quite match his eccentricity due entirely to the fact that documentary filmmaking is a fly-swattingly dull and rigid form of filmmaking. The Gospel According to Andre may be a piece of normcore documentary. It's no bloodlight and bammy, but Andre's astonishing and passionate ascent to the throne of fashion is loving, energising and often very funny. Swipe left on documentaries, but swipe right on Andre. Jack, favourite line from the film, Ready, Set, Go. Oh, just when he has to, he has to congratulate Melania Trump. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. It's so brutal. That's, like, really had me when everything in him doesn't want to be watching because he loved Mm. Michelle and the whole film's about, like, the lead-up to the election. How about that part where he's talking to Karl Lagerfeld and he's like, Karl, don't be so (laughs) (laughs) low-key. Oh, my God, and all of the stuff. Who's who's got the hard nipples? Oh, all of them. (laughs) They all have hard nipples. All these fashionistas like Tom Ford, everyone's got hard nipples and a cigarette and a (sighs) cup of iced coffee. Especially Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) All all her shoes. All her shoes. (laughs) Jack, Andre, what do you give the gospel according to Andre in a word? Oh, capital A, Andre. (laughs) Oh, my God. Am I French yet? (laughs) (laughs) Jack? That's it. Am I French yet? (laughs) (laughs) You're on Mornings on FBI Radio. This is Movies, Movies, Movies. Those were your two reviews and you can find them on Instagram at movies underscore movies underscore movies. Compiled and written down for you by Jack and Andre, our film lords. We're going to go to a track now and come back with Indigenous filmmakers Laurie Branigan Onado and Izzy Khan from Screen Australia. This is Rebel Yell with Next Exit to get us there. That's Rebel Yell with Next Exit. You're on FBI Radio. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies here on Mornings with Brad Tenner. It's time to get into this. Sydney Spotlight. Jack and Andre, my film lords, love to bring me in. Very exciting and interesting guest here on Movies, Movies, Movies. And today is no different than usual. Uh, We are joined today by two Indigenous filmmakers, both who work at the... um at Screen Australia, Laurie Brennigan Onato from the Development Associate Indigenous Department at Screen Australia and Development and Investment Manager Izzy Khan. Thank you both so much for coming in today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, Jack Andre, how did you first find out about these two filmmakers? How did it come about, Laurie? We messaged you um, earlier in the year to come in and talk about your own experience as an Indigenous filmmaker and with Screen Australia. Yeah. But I can't even remember how it came about. It was a, it was a call out that actually came to Screen Australia. So yeah. um, it was just something that came through our general email and um, I thought it was a great opportunity to come and say hi. Yeah. And such a pleasure to have you back, especially this week, which is NADOC week. Can you talk a little bit about the theme Because of Her We Can and what that means to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, being an Indigenous woman, it's... Um, 
quite the theme. And my whole career has been inspired by such amazing female Indigenous women working in the screen sector. Um, I mean, a prime example is Penny Smolacombe, who's head of Indigenous now, uh, and also the likes of Erica Glynn and Sally Riley, who've been in the department just championing um, Indigenous stories. Izzy, Izzy Khan, uh, can you talk a little bit uh, to that theme of this year's NADOC week? Sure. Because of her, we can. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is actually even the women in my own family, um, the ones that have sort of been the backbone of our lives and um, bent and not broken in the face of what life's thrown at them. Um, but in the in the space of the um, the sort of uh, art of screen storytelling, I think we've got like some really incredible female filmmakers that. Uh, we should all sort of aspire to emulate because um, they're doing things that no one's done before, like sort of Rachel Perkins, Nikita Louie, uh, Leah Purcell, to name a few, and then actresses like Miranda Tapsell, Deborah Malman, um, Shari Sebbins, and more recently, um, Madeline Madden. So I think it's about um, celebrating and acknowledging the women that hold our families together, but also are sort of pioneers of the arts sector, politics, academics, sport, commerce even so everything it's a celebration <laughs> of that this week oh my god i know that it's not technically cinema but i just saw blackie like blackie brown and it completely floored me and blew me away and was like the best movie i've seen all year yep megan wilding is fantastic and i think she's a talent that that we'll we'll have to keep our eyes on coming forward are we able to talk about maybe some funding and i guess for any people who are emerging filmmakers emerging indigenous filmmakers can you guys maybe talk about where you work and how that can tie into people who want to get into film Uh, Izzy, I might get you to just jump over onto Laurie's mic, if that's okay. We're just having a few technical issues here. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. Um, So, yeah, I mean, a lot of what the Indigenous Department does is about really finding uh, that next crop of talent, Um, the the people who are going to be the next Trailblazers, the next Rachel Perkins, the next Warwick Thorntons and all that. Um, So we just wrapped on a whole bunch of initiatives. Um, So um, most recently was the Short Blacks initiative where we did a call out for um, ideas for short dramas Um, and we're going to announce who was selected to go into development for that. Um, But we're always looking for that new filmmaker, that next person that's going to... that's going to um, emulate the ones that have that have come before us, and so those initiatives are targeted. Um, you keep a lookout for those. Um, you can't announce any on air right now. Can no, you? we can't. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> can we get some sort of hint as to it? Well, it's a good mix of people. For one, it's um, there's there's some in there that have have sort of are within uh, on the radar of Screen Australia already, and then then some really new, fresh voices as well. So it's a really good mix of people that are going to go into development. That's all sounds super exciting, and people should just keep their eye out on the Screen Australia website. Yep. Maybe they can just keep in touch with what's happening on ABC iView to get their sure. brains thinking. I just saw that Mystery Road has now become one of the most popular shows on ABC iView. The most. The, Ever. the most. Ever. The actually most. That's incredible. Yeah. That's crazy. And directed by Rachel Perkins. All, all episodes were directed by Rachel Perkins. That's amazing. And, and just speaking of the, the women that have come through the Indigenous department before, Sally O'Reilly, who works at ABC now, she's the head of... Um, she's the head of TV, which is a huge like behemoth role in the industry. And um, her and Penny Smallercombe, uh, I think, worked together quite well on making Mystery Road happen. 
That's amazing. Um, I just wanted to like ask one more question, which was, what has made you the most proud working at in the Indigenous department at Screen Australia? There's been, I mean, for me, I know most of the Australian cinema that I've enjoyed over the last like a decade has been Indigenous cinema, like Warwick Thornton's work, Rachel Perkins' work. Yeah. Um, have there been any standout moments for you? Um, I guess for me, uh, a really exciting part of working with Screen Australia's Indigenous Department this year is that we're celebrating 25 years of existence. We're celebrating we're celebrating 25 years of survival in this department. And um, it's just been absolutely so inspiring to see the work that's come through in the past 25 years. And seeing that celebrated um, is something that's, that's truly inspiring as an Indigenous filmmaker and hopeful practitioner in the future. And um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And I, I encourage everyone everyone uh, who is Indigenous and interested in the film industry to contact us. We're always, always happy to hear from you. That's amazing. Is there, are there any NAIDOC Week uh, screening specials that anyone's aware of that people can get along to this week? I'm not fully... I think there's one on... Uh, there'll be ones on iView and NITV, so keep a lookout for those broadcasters. Yeah, ABC and SBS and NITV have some NADOC guides, uh, so you can just jump on their websites and um, there'll be some... Uh, there'll be lots of screenings. We're heading to one in Cairns this weekend at the Cairns Indigenous <laughs> Art Fair, so um, you can see some shorts there if you're from Cairns. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening for from Cairns, uh, that one's for you. Thank you so much to our guests today, Izzy Khan, and Laurie Brennigan Onado from Screen Australia for coming in today for our NADOC Week special of Sydney Spotlight here on Movies, Movies, Movies and to Jack and Andre, our regular film lords. I'll be back next week. You're listening to FBI Radio. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.